Hello everyone and welcome to the Dirty Side the Grid podcast where we've turned up late to qualifying but because Yusuf's white, Bernie Eccleston pulled some strings and said <laughs> we can go to the front of the grid. I'm Mohammed. I'm joined by my co-host um. Yusuf and this is going to be part two of our season review. Well, we actually thought it would get done in one podcast but we're going to be here for an extra hour of filming the second half of the season. So... I mean, nah, this should be a little bit quicker, seeing as we're a bit yeah, fresh in our minds. Yeah, true. We'll end up waffling anyway. So, the summer break ends, and we go to Belgium for the Belgian Grand Prix in Spa. Personally, one of my favourite tracks, and normally a pretty decent race, you could say. Uh, I don't know, you're a fan of Spa normally? I, I really enjoy Spa, but I think this year is the... The way the race was managed, I think, you know how they're saying that incident at the end of the year was throwing the sport into disrepute? Yeah. This race threw the sport into disrepute, literally, like, as in, like, there's nothing you can say other than that. Like, obviously, we know now that they're not going to refund any of the people who paid for the tickets. Yeah, so they... I think that's unacceptable. <laughs> so people <laughs> went okay, there in the rain to watch a race for you to do four laps and be like... No, we're not giving you money back. But I paid for a race. I didn't pay for this nonsense. It's right. So we go out. We're doing qualifying. Vettel and Norris are on the track. It's raining extremely heavily. I think it was. Yeah, this was qualifying, wasn't it? Yeah, Norris crushes. Vettel says red flag, red flag. Green flags are still out. Norris goes for his lap. Crashes at Eau Rouge. uh, Into the barrier at Radion at the top of the hill. Vettel goes past, checks if he's alright, and then says on the radio, like, look, this is exactly what I said, red flag, like, what are you doing? And to be perfectly honest, when there's no agenda, they're like, clearly Vettel, there's no agenda from Vettel there. There's nothing to gain for him. There's no reason for him to say red flag other than safety. So why would you not listen to him? He's a driver out there on the track. Like, I think especially, like, someone like Sebastian, who's had a lot of experience driving in awful conditions, so he'd know that, yeah, this is about, we need to stop. Yeah. So like, compared to say like Nikita wouldn't have that experience. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't trust him. He would have spun wet or dry anyway. So can't really chat about that. But yeah, so we go to the race. It's raining. They say it's going to be delayed by a little bit. That's normal. Sometimes races are delayed. That's just how it is. Gets delayed a little bit longer. It keeps getting delayed. And this was the main problem. As much as they're trying to get the race going and they're trying to, for the sake of entertainment, the tickets, the the sport in general. But all of the rest of it, sponsorship money probably. They're trying to get the race underway. Makes sense. But here's, like you said, the first sign of... The FIA going nuts. Yeah. They decide to do a couple laps under the safety car. Normally just to test out the conditions, fine. But I'm pretty sure normally laps under the safety car don't count for this. Seeing as they've just started. Like, it wasn't... They didn't race. That's that's. Yeah, if they like raced for like a few laps, then it's too dangerous. People would not have been as upset. But you literally, we paid our money to go watch a race, where they went for four laps behind safety car. Then he gave half points. Yeah, and the half points thing is just as ridiculous to be honest. What? Why? Like, I don't think you should cancel the race because, like, obviously, like someone like George, he went out there and he, like, I think we didn't comment on. Oh this, but yeah, of course. Yeah, George puts George, his second in a Williams. George and Williams out qualifies Lewis Hamilton and the Mercedes. I think like he 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 would have been on pole if 
by like a fraction of like a second. Yeah, he was actually on for pole. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think someone like that should not be robbed of like his chance at getting a pole, especially if it's dry wet. He would have had a chance at staying at the front. Obviously, a podium is like he wouldn't have gotten a podium, but he would have gotten points. Yeah. But the way they did it, obviously George and Williams, I don't think they cared. I think they would have happy the the race finished in four laps because they got podium. Yeah. But I think for everyone else, it's just like everyone else would. Every I think everyone was happy for George, because you've Definitely. seen the amount of work he's put in at Williams. But at the same time, everyone's like, his first. This is his first podium, and it's not exactly. It was his first points for Williams. I'm pretty sure as well. I don't think uh, he had points at this point. No, I think he scored in Hungary. Or is it no no? Nicky scored. Yeah, Latifi yeah, yeah, got Latifi points in Hungary, and then yeah, yeah, it was. It's just awful. It was embarrassing. So. The way F1 works is these calendars, if you've seen them with their logos and their Instagrams and stuff, they're companies. And to get on the calendar, F1 doesn't pay them to use the venue. The venue pays F1 to have the honor of F1 cars gracing the circuit. And what they have to do is, they pay millions for these deals and stuff, which is why I said before, like the calendars are bidding more at this point. They pay all this money and then have to make that back, which is why the ticket prices are ridiculous. So people are paying hundreds of pounds Maybe more watch, on top yeah, of that. Yeah, to watch four laps of under the safety car. They're traveling, they're doing all of this, they're going out to the Belgian woods. You know, Spa isn't exactly in the middle of Brussels, it's in the countryside somewhere and in the middle of It's extremely hard to get from there back home because of the rain and stuff. It's actually extremely hard to get There's out. no grandstands as well because it's an old circuit and stuff. They're just sat on the hills, like in the mud, on their little, like, unfoldable camping chairs or, or foldable camping chairs and all of this stuff. And then they don't even get, like, the, their money back. I find that so bizarre. Like, yeah. the, the F1 didn't even issue an apology, you know, like. We're no, sorry. Yeah. We're sorry that the race went bad. No, like they just posted their Verstappen wins graphic and then moved on with their day. Like I, I find that I find that to be incredibly insulting to the fans. It's disgusting. Yeah, and obviously the circuit. I can't speak too much about the, you know, the financial situation of the circuit itself. But for them to do something, I'd say it's cool. But F one itself as a company, like, should not be leaving the circuit to do all of this stuff. And they should definitely be offering something because as of now, the circuit has offered an F1 TV uh, subscription for a year for everyone. I think that's worth about like seventy pound. And then they've also offered, I think they've offered a raffle, so you can win your tickets for next year, but not everyone gets them. It's a raffle. I don't know how many but people are going to get at them. These people got the subscription, so there is kind of. This is what I'm saying. There is sort of some sort of like apology of like okay we know that but we'll give you like the obviously it's not the same price but i understand the idea behind it but the logic like the logic between behind f1 f1 i think pays like half of its revenue back to all the teams for the competition the other half just goes nowhere so obviously you can spare like a few hundred quid for yeah days. honestly like these poor fans like they're sat out and you've got to remember even me, i'm just in the comfort of my home with my laptop sat about i remember i took it i have my laptop on charge like all the time i unplug it i go to the living room i'm gonna watch the race i was making lunch and stuff getting ready all of this my laptop was about to die by the time they announced the um what's it called that the, the race was cancelled i spent all day just waiting around it was like four hours or something total with cancellations and, and then it would have taken like this, two like, three hours to get back to brussels because of how bad it is and how bad the rain is and then some of these fans must have flown out as well belgium isn't one of the trails but like all of that as well it's oh, it's embarrassing all of it was embarrassing it was 
George got his first points though. So George got his first point. I think you have to give it to George this year. He has been. I think his first half of the season was okay. He was finishing P fourteen, P thirteen, but like I think one of the points I had I forgot to mention this last episode was his lap at Silverstone. I think that was the first time he went into Q three, if I'm not mistaken. Oh really? And his lap was his lap was amazing. You can see like the, every time he'd go near the grandstand, the fans would be like. The fans were reacting more to George than they were to Lewis. Like, Lewis's lap was like, yeah, come. But George was going by, and, like, if you watch that lap, it was amazing. It was like, yes. And then it was, every time, you know, like, we got past, it was it was amazing. He he got it into Q3. I think that was the very first time he did it. And so I think from 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 Silverstone onwards, you kind of see, like, Williams have improved their car a lot. They scored points in Hungary, got a podium in Belgium. But but the Still car has improved a lot. Like yeah, you have to give them that, and you have to give George like a, like obviously he he sacrificed his race in Hungary because he's like I'll I'll ho- I'll stay out to hold them up for Nikki. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. And and he was people like made a meme out of it that he's only doing this for Toto to hear it. You know, like, <laughs> but but that shows that's how desperate he was for the team to actually score points because he's been there for like three years. They've not yeah. scored points. And he's like, he's willing to sacrifice. I'll sacrifice my race just. And Nikki ended up scoring points, but uh, yeah. So I was, I was very happy for like him over. I think from here it starts to kind of look a bit better across the season. Yeah, things look up for him definitely. And actually, interestingly, at this point, it wasn't announced fully, but Bottas and Russell both knew where they were going. So they had been told the news of where they were going next year, which. Oh, did he say that? No, no, it was. It was said afterwards. It was in the Autosport podcast. He must have said it, I think. Mm. But there are there are some funny clips, if you remember. Of, um, when was it? Was it announced? I forgot when it was announced. It was announced. Going into Monza. No, no, it was after Monza. It might have been like a Russia-Turkey time, maybe. Maybe later. I forgot when it was. I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. But there was a... There's some interesting, um, like, interviews with George when they say ah oh, you see P2 you did very well how are you going to do like all of this and all of, and they'll ask him like do you know where you're going to be next year and all of that and he has like a really smug look on his face and all of this yeah, he'd he, he laugh a bit but uh, I think from Silverstone you can kind of tell like he, he did very well at hiding it though like I don't think he went and like gave it away but no was, not completely but, but as in like no but he, that's what, if you go look at like last year after Abu Dhabi and stuff and people are like oh sorry it wasn't Abu Dhabi it was uh is it Qatar? Bahrain, Bahrain. When? When he did really well last oh, year. for Oh, Sakir. Yeah, yeah. See, the difference in Qatar and Sakir is actually, there is a difference in race. I get them, yeah. The Austrian uh, yeah, stereo but, one confuses But anyways, people are like, oh, you're going and stuff. And he'd have that same smile, even though he knew he wasn't going. So, yeah. I think it was just at that point, he really didn't know when people were asking him so much. So, he's like, <laughs> I have to stick to the script they gave me. You know, that type of thing. But, yeah. Um, but, Decent stuff. Spa, I guess. That was the yeah, main talking point. Talking. Spa was, it was awful. And the fact points were handed out, even if they were half points, still awful. That was not a race. That did, sure, George deserved something for P2, I think but the he next did not like deserve points. People don't deserve Spa points. Spa and the next the race were just boring. Basically. Yeah, moving on to Zandvoort. It's... Boring. You literally have boring written. I wrote like down I, boring. I have yeah, boring written for France, Syria, and Austria. Boring, boring, boring. Zandvoort was boring. Max, fair play to him. So people talking about pressure, pressure of the championship, pressure of everything, pressure of his home race. I mean, he's the reason that this 
this track is back on the calendar. And the fans yeah, you did well. The, you have to give them, like, the race was very boring. But I think the one thing you can say, the whole weekend, the fans were amazing. Like, yeah. the fans were bouncing the whole... You can you felt like, you know, like you're going to a festival, even though it's just a Pomeranian. Yeah, it looked like the, the cross atmosphere, between a festival and a football yeah, match. Like yeah, the, the, the atmosphere at Zambor, I think, was one of... I think this year is the best out of all the, like, the whole calendar. Yeah, yeah, you probably say that. Yeah. Kimi didn't race this race. Uh, yeah. Kubica came in from because he got COVID. The, one, the, the, the man with one hand finished ahead of uh, Nikita Mazepin, even though he only raced two races this season. Yes. In the standings, Nikita Mazepin is the 21st. He's not even 20. He's not even last. He's, he's minus one. <laughs> <laughs> That's so embarrassing. That's so, honestly, these pay drivers are next level. But no, Nikita's actually good now. Nikita's, uh, Nikita's picked up his pace. He's improved. He's improved. Well, Stroll is okay. Stroll is not correct. Stroll has been, I feel like he's been the most untalked about driver all year. Yeah, he hasn't really done anything. Disappeared into nothing. Mm. Like, people don't, people used to hate him for being a pay driver and stuff. But now you have, like, someone like Nikita Mazepin, so Stroll looks like. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Angel. Uh, When is. Moving on to Monza, I think Zanvoort, there's but, not really much. Just yeah, Zanvoort, I mean, the last thing I wrote down for Zanvoort was, but this was the, if anyone remembers this, Bottas was told not to set the fastest lap to allow Lewis to do it because they needed the points. And Bottas, although he slowed down in the final sector, he still set it anyway, which was, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's about all we've got there. Lewis still took off him, obviously. There's then, a lot of issues with qualifying, though, because of how tight the track was. You have that incident between Sebastian and... Um, Mick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but that's it. That's it. I think Zambor, the qualifying has to be managed a bit more. Uh, but otherwise yeah, they need to. Obviously, they tried this near the end of the season to introduce rules about backing up and stuff. It didn't work. So they need to. Look uh, into it was that in problem. Saudi because yeah. they slowed down like incredibly. So, like, they said down. between. We'll but then people would slow down right after that corner. Exactly. Sorry. So the, the, the logic bad. is bad. Right. So, Monza, we have a sprint race. Where, if I get the uh, the results up quickly of the sprint race, I believe Lewis put it first, but his start was actually horrific. So oh, he ended up going down bad, yeah. to like fourth, fourth or fifth yeah, or yeah. something like that. So, uh, so uh, what's his name? Daniel wins. I think Daniel wins is on pole. Uh, pole. And then it's Verstappen and then it's um, Lando. So for the, for the sprint grid, oh, Bottas took an engine penalty. So he puts it first, but... Lewis came second, and then Bottas takes the penalty. So he goes down. This was actually the first time we saw the difference between the Mercedes new power unit and the old one, because the mm. way Bottas could overtake the McLarens was and actually Lewis quite couldn't. interesting. Lewis he didn't pull alongside. He'd pull alongside the McLaren and then just yeah, but couldn't. He didn't overtake any McLarens during the weekend. He didn't come any clo- anywhere close to the... Yeah, they were clear. But you said Valtteri overtook the McLarens. He didn't come close to them during the weekend. It just took off. No, I mean, sorry, I mean during the uh, race. Did, oh, who did he overtake? Um, I saw the they took one, two. They I've confused myself now. Yeah. I remember they him overtaking the Ferraris someone. and Red Bull. Yeah, that must have been. Paris. Yeah, he overtook yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. I was confusing myself. I hadn't that was a good recovery drive. He, he did get a podium. He did all right, to be fair. To no, he did very well, you have to say. Come back from P20 to P3. like uh, three. Incredibly impressive. Right, starting grid. So, for the starting grid, 
Ah, uh, Verstappen won, not Ricardo. Verstappen first, Ricardo second, Norris third, Hamilton fourth. So he did finish fourth. Leclerc and Sainz in fifth and sixth. Then we get on to the race. And yeah, Ricardo and Norris, first and second. With quite the, close, Norris. Norris asking, uh, do you want me to stay in this position? Is that was good for the team? Oh, that was so sad. It would have been nice to see them fight, to be fair. I feel like no, Norris no, 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 no. I think like McLaren would have like because Ricardo was in the lead. If Norris was in the lead, they would have made them hold position. I think it was the case where whoever was in the lead would hold position. Like whoever yeah, second yeah, would hold. Yeah. They weren't going to tell them to fight, but yeah, I feel yeah. like it would have been nice to hold because position. they're risking like everything so that no hold position, and they were quick. They were rapid that weekend. Yeah, so. only one two of the season. Their first one two since like twenty ten. Their first win since like twenty twelve. Brazil twenty twelve. Yeah, it was Jensen. Jensen Button, yes. That, that's, how, that's how long Nico ago Hulkenberg it was. crashed into him. Uh, what do we have? Bottas finishing third. Bottas came from P20 to P3 and you're saying it's an okay drive. Okay, yeah, you did pretty well. I'm surprised. How did Bottas overtake people? Because he had a new Some engine. Stuff. Yeah, that makes he sense. Had, he had like incredible performance gap, so he had to, he had to do that. The clock fourth, and then we get onto the actual incident. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> About Max Verstappen with an extremely slow stop. This is after the rule was changed so that they have to do the pit stops a bit slower. But that that's targeted from from the Red Bull. Yeah, pretty much. The the excuse was it's not safe, these stops are so fast, but like to change it mid season's a bit weird. It's something you might change going into the next season if you think about it. But yeah, I don't know. FIA not great stuff. Weird. Yeah, another strange one from the FIA. Lewis also had a slow stop, not as slow. And he is, he's a pit stop ahead of Verstappen, so he should have come out ahead of Max with fresh tyres. But, you know, he comes he, up he's right a bit slow, they come next to each other. And here's the thing, so taking this incident, if we say, out of context, these two drivers, and this incident is taken completely by itself, I'd say it's Lewis's fault he should have given room. Consistently with what I think about leaving room and stuff, I'd say you take this incident completely isolated. You say these are just two random drivers, and we don't think about what the FIA have been doing all year. He didn't leave side space by just side. like Max didn't leave space. Yeah, I'd say he should have left space. But taking this into the context of everything else, blah blah blah. Once again, Max doesn't back down. This is the second time Lewis has stood his ground. The first time was Silverstone, and once again, it's Max was on top of him by the end of it. Did you see actually Sky Sports started using that and then the clip of Verstappen going into the barriers at Silverstone and putting Merry Christmas in front of it? Really? Did you not see this? Oh, there was oh. so much backlash. So they started using clips of stuff in general to say Merry Christmas as part of their little intro before and after the advert breaks. And they used Max going on top of Lewis's head. Like they just have them crash, Crofty screaming, oh, and then it comes up and then it slowly goes white and says Merry Christmas. And then they did the same thing with Max. So Max is like flying across the gravel trap. And then Crofty's like, oh, and they've touched. And just doesn't as he hits the barrier, it all goes white. And they say, Merry Christmas. Doesn't seem like a good idea since one of them could have died in one of those. You have to give, you have to give the FIA, though, like credit for the halo. I think people have seen yeah. how useful the halo is. Definitely. Yeah. And you don't realise how massive those tyres are until they have it on top of like someone's head and you're like, well, that tyre is massive. It's insane. And then Lewis, there's actually clips of, I think it might have been Ted's notebook, and there's something afterwards. There's people with cameras walking around in the paddock, as, as they always do. And one of them caught Lewis, and he was following him around. And Lewis, 
uh, instead of like turning his head to see who it is, he turns his whole body like that to look at the camera and then carries on walking. So he has like barely any movement in his neck, which is mad. But yeah, they crash. But see, after this, like, uh, Helmut Marko came out and was like, oh, if Luz is really sick, he wouldn't be in New York doing the Met Gala. Like, I find that, like, comment to be incredibly, like, I don't want to say, like, is it insulting in a way? Like, going to an event and having dinner with people, if my neck hurts, doesn't literally, like, makes no difference. And plus, you're, you're essentially, you're going so far to cover yourself that you're saying that, no, nothing happened to him. Even when your driver was at fault and your driver was said to be at fault, and he parked his car on top of him and a tire pressed down like formula cars aren't light like as in they're light compared to road cars but they're they're heavy yeah you're saying no nah, it's fine what are you it's talking stupid, about because that's the funny part it's a good point to make actually because after silverstone obviously they completely slate lewis they call him all of this and they talk about the abuse but, but don't but do it and they mercedes didn't do the opposite after monza mercedes don't abuse anyone and on top of that red bull are all saying it's a racing incident which is funny because if it was, if you could have said it was Lewis's fault in any sense, they would have done it. But they couldn't defend Max. So they so tried to do what they could. They, oh no, it's a racing incident. He's this not actually hurt. This is, you know, like, yeah. it's but this, is, this is the interesting part. I, this is why I actually don't like Red Bull because, you know, like Mercedes, when it came to the other one, they're like, at least like, uh, we didn't know like Max was ill or like, uh, you know, like hope he's better or whatever. But yeah. they're, they're trying to make an excuse of, oh no, um, Lewis is fine he's not fine like instead of dealing with the fact that he's ill and being like oh sorry I didn't know he's ill or whatever you're blaming him like nah he's fine he's fine boy had a Formula 1 car parked on his head what are you talking about it's I don't know Red Bull's antics at it again but we move on from that Russia. and we move on to Russia Russia is like the, the heartbreak of the season you know uh, yeah 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 it was sad to see you don't want to see Lando to pole. Lando led most of, like most of the race after he overtook Car at Carlos. Lando did incredibly well, and then I think the team bowed down to the like. McLaren haven't led a race and been at the front since. Obviously, they had that Monza thing, but Monza yeah. thing was clear. But in like changing conditions, realistically, since like Brazil twenty twelve maybe, so they they haven't been the lead car. And I think it just got to them and they they couldn't do it. They haven't properly fought for a win since, like, 2014. No, 2012. Was their car good in 13? Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh. So so it was it was a bit of a, I think, a shock for them. And they didn't know what to do. And then Lando ended up finishing P7, I think. And it was incredibly heartbreaking because like it wasn't his fault. I think people come out and say it's Lando's fault, but it's not really. They asked him, how do you feel? He said, I feel like I'm okay. He's obviously never raised, led a race. He's talking about how he feels now. But the difference is with, with Lewis, they told him, we have the data. This is what it says, come in now. Lewis, that's the thing people say, oh, Lewis, listen. Lewis didn't listen to them. Lewis was on the he radio stayed out an extra campaigning battle. that, no, I want to stay out. But they forced him in. But Lando, they, if you go listen to, I've listened to the whole radio. They asked him, how does it feel? He's like, it's fine. Shut up, I don't want to talk. Obviously, he doesn't want to talk. He's in an incredibly stressful position. Yeah. He could get his first win, all of this. And they don't give him any information. If they tell him the rain is going to intensify, what is he going to say? I want to pit now. That's the main one. So, Mercedes say the rain is going to get worse. 
McLaren say, they don't say it's going to get worse, they just say it's going to stay like this. So he's assuming like, oh, it's doable, just a couple more laps, what's that, like five minutes, fine. But it turns out it was actually getting worse. That's what so I, I blame the team more than I blame McLaren him. should have been listening to other teams' radios. If Mercedes is saying it's going to get worse and they're going to pit, just pit. you might as well pit. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. There's still a really funny clip, actually, of Stroll. And they say, oh, Stroll, do you want to come in? He's like, no, it's fine. And then as he says that, he goes sliding off into the back. <laughs> I'll, I'll link that one to you. That will be the first vid. The first video that we put in the first Verstappen put in a decent drive, though. He went from P20 to P2. This was the yeah, best. I mean, oh yeah, so he took his penalty. So if we go from the beginning, Lewis crashed, I believe, in practice, which was unlike him. Obviously, it's practice, but it's still a fairly big crash, probably the first one we've seen from Lewis in a while. He then also crashes on the way on the pit entry and qualifying, which, I mean, I'm not saying these are major events, but it's just something to note. Max takes his engine penalty, which is why he's last. On his comeback, on his way up the grid, he's doing extremely well all of this stuff solid stuff overtakes Bottas so easily Bottas just lets him through yeah Bottas Bottas also took like a new ICU oh yeah this was Bottas engine penalty season he was taking like a penalty every race yeah Bottas took like six engines by the end of the season yeah it was something weird like that I think Mercedes need to work on their engine for next year like they need reliability to go up yeah their performance is struggling at the moment it's just weird but uh yeah Lando We've spoken about this winning and then ends up finishing seventh, which is it's so sad for him. He could have won. Uh, interestingly, actually, on top of the stuff I, on the Autosport podcast I mentioned that I listened to, they said that Lewis was also told in this radio that all Mercedes were aware Max had pitted. So they tell everyone to come in. Max does because he's got nothing to lose. He's stuck in seventh. He's made his comeback driver. Now he's stuck in seventh. He can't go anywhere. So he pits just as a might as well go for it Lewis doesn't want to pit he stays out an extra lap and then they say oh like we know Max is on into he's pit we might as well cover him so then he comes in and that's when he wins so another one interesting to know Max I mean got so lucky with the rain but fair play to him obviously we sp- spoke about luck in the last one he didn't have great luck running into the summer break I think up to the summer break, it was all against him, really. Like, the only reason yeah. Lewis caught up to him was because Max DNF twice because of a Mercedes crashing into him, so... Well, he finished, was it ninth in Hungary? But that's, like, two points from what should have been, like, a lot. Yeah. He would, have, he would have either won or came P2, at least. So yeah. he'd have lost, like, realistically lost, like, what, six points or seven points? <laughs> Worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, have lost eight if Lewis got fastest lap as well. But, but he ended up losing 18. Exactly. This was Lewis's 100th one as well. Yeah. I Historic. think that, that was... that was See, that, like, out of... Uh, like, it's just like, because Lando lost it at the end, you kind of like, yeah, he got his 100th win, but... Yeah, I completely forgot about this. Yeah. Because, I mean, people weren't really... He was chasing down Lando and he was close, but it didn't really look like he was actually... No, Lando, was, Lando did a good job keeping Lewis behind. Like, he, he genuinely did, yeah. did a good job. So but, yeah, it's just sad. That was the 100th win. Something I actually forgot about as well. Like, I remember where his 91st was because he equaled it in the Nürburgring. But, like... I the only one I remember is, like, um, Turkey, where he won, basically, 7th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. That's the only that one That was a very good win. Well, we're moving on to Turkey now. Bottas wins uh, ahead forgot, of Max Verstappen. You know, I can't believe Bottas actually won a race. I, like, someone was commenting, Carlos said, said that, oh, you know, like, he won, and I just... 
was like, Bottas won a race. And I went back and I was thinking, I was like, no, Bottas didn't win a race. And I actually had to open the website, go through all the races, say, Bottas won a race. Oh my God, he actually won. I, I know, totally it's, forgot. It's so weird. Bottas took yeah, pole and just led from the start and no one saw him. Yeah, it was, that was, it was weird to see. Like, took Especially after one. last year, because last year in Turkey, he spun like 14 times and stayed in the midfield. So. And he took fastest lap as well. Weird stuff. Oh, yeah. What a guy. Incredible domination from Bottas, really. <laughs> the only thing I think, uh, Hamilton didn't have a good weekend, so he, the no, good yeah. thing was he, he took away points from Verstappen. I think at this point, going after Turkey, you can honestly say it was Max's championship to lose. Yeah. Like at this yeah. point, it's it's his is because Lewis was so far behind. You expect him to win at this point. I don't know how much you can Definitely. get the points up. I think on the um, Sky Sports one. So on. But uh, yes. at this point, like he's firmly ahead. There is so the gaps. What twelve oh. points? Yeah. So he is. He's a good. Wait, good no, job. that's. Oh my god! It was six. <laughs> Whoops! Am I actually looking in the right place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but okay, that's the thing yeah. going into the US and Mexico and Brazil and all of those the reason I say it's his championship to lose is because those tracks were very firmly in Red Bull's camp like the, all the other races that were coming up I think the only one that you could look at and say could be Mercedes dominated is Saudi all the, the US I'd say and was, the US was, was meant so to be Mercedes it's the US and Saudi the rest are seen as Red Bull tracks yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't really know much about the new ones, but, like, even then, you'd assume Red Bull were going to do pretty well on them. I mean, they're street races, and they're, like, high downforce, so you just back Red Bull for those. But, yeah, so Bottas wins. Lewis was... He's, like... Lewis he took an engine penalty, so that's the first one. The second thing is he's... He's out on his tyres, and I think Verstappen's second at this point. Lewis is either third or fourth, and Perez and Leclerc and those kind of drivers are catching up to him. There's about eight laps to go, and Mercedes are waiting for it to transfer from Inters to Slicks because there'd been, like, no rain. But the problem with the Turkey surface, even though uh, it wasn't as bad as last year, it was still not... Like, it just wasn't drying up. So they pit Lewis. He really didn't want to, but they pit him just as, you know try and avoid a puncture and stuff like this. He gets new intermediates. He's trying to hunt everyone down. He can't. The new intermediates have, like, no pace. Uh, someone who did get that strategy to work was Ocon. He did the entire race with no stops. No stops. It's, it's Where impressive did he for him, to be fair. Uh, let's get it. I don't think it was that impressive. Ten. Yeah. But he's still finishing points. So. It was alright, to be fair. Where did Asura Alonso finish? Sixteenth. Yeah. So, there's yeah, that. All points him. lost, but... Lewis so, also, so, like, there was that big fight between him and Perez, where Perez did incredibly well. It's a nice battle, yeah. This was the first time Perez and Lewis had properly had a little, like... Tussle. Yeah. And it was good to see, actually, to be fair. It was quite entertaining. Uh, well, that brings us on to the US. Nothing much happened in the US. No, not really. I mean, so, the start... Uh, Botta... No, not Botta, sorry... Uh, what's his name? Max gets pole. Max gets pole, which was very surprising because this is meant to be like a Mercedes track and all of this, and everyone's saying Mercedes is going to do well. Max gets pole, and now everyone's thinking, oh, what's going to happen now? Into turn one, Lewis, like, finesses him completely. He takes the lead. But Red Bull's pace was... It was very strong, to be fair to them. And 
they ended up winning just about. Obviously, this was when uh, Lewis is on fresh tyres and he's hunted down Max to the end, as he normally does. And Crofty's hyping this up and they're saying, oh, this is it. He's but just he within really, DRS. He doesn't. He was outside DRS the whole time. Like, yeah. it was... He, he, doesn't, he doesn't make it to, like... Yeah, it was never that close. It was it was close, sure. He was within two yeah, seconds, but by the time he re- reached that two-second cushion, he just... There was no, not enough time. I think him. there was, like, one lap left or something. Like, yeah, you? Mick Schumacher held up Verstappen a little bit, but then gave him DRS. So, ended it there. Um, Perez is sick with no water. Yeah, so Perez actually, they said afterwards he had an illness. Uh, it wasn't COVID, but he was just sick. He was really sick. And his drink didn't work either. So he's doing the entirety of the US Grand Prix. This is like well, autumn time, so still pretty warm, but obviously inside a Formula One car. 90 minutes of pure sweat, and he didn't even have his drink. And he, he finished. Yeah, he finished third. Yeah, I have to give him to that. Give him, give him that Solid performance from him. Um, I think that's everything. Yeah, that that sums up the US. Mexico is just I I don't like Mexico. I'm I'm very firmly against Mexico. I think it's a very boring track. Yeah, I just so this is when we started. The, I think Mexico was our first. Yeah, podcast Mexico was our first podcast. And well, I the first one we actually put out. And I complained about Mexico being very boring because nothing happened in Mexico. <laughs> I didn't really want to believe you before the race, but now afterwards, I yeah, it I was completely the, like, Max struck pole and Max just ran away with it. Like he finished sixteen no, 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 seconds ahead of. Him. He didn't. Well, he. In qualifying, he uh, he came third. Oh, he came third. Oh. But obviously, this was when I had my rant about Bottas just letting him pass. So he overtakes both Mercedes into turn one, and then that's it. Like, and the race was won at that point. I have to say, like, this is why I'm saying about Hamilton's defense is bad. Like, that wasn't the... Lewis's fault. No, but, uh, is this where he um, they left the inside way open for him? And he they left the outside way open for him. Uh, Sorry. Not it's just in general awful coordination. I think Lewis slyly mentioned this in an interview afterwards. He was kind of saying, "Oh, Bottas, I watched the replay. Like Bottas could have blocked him, but he didn't." And all it was uh, not great to be honest. Um, he doesn't want to say anything oh, about actually, his teammate, but he's like, "You didn't do well." He doesn't. Yeah, especially after he keeps saying that he's the greatest teammate ever and all of this stuff, mm-hmm. which <laughs> we don't believe that. Uh, the, the reason actually, ever. I think actually his best teammate was Jensen Button. Because they didn't fight. Oh, in terms of chemistry and stuff. Yeah, 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 but they also they pushed each other to win races. Yeah. Obviously, if they had a better car, I think they would have won the championship. One of them would have won it. But uh, there wasn't that animosity he had with Nico. There wasn't that animosity he had with Fernando. Obviously, Hecky, he should have mentioned Valtteri. Oh, yeah, mentioned. So, so what? So he had. The only one. So it was, was Alonso, they would, they'd fight. Yeah. Hecky, Corvalina, and Yeah. Then it was Button, wasn't it? Yeah, Button was the only one Did who he could push him. Yeah, so him and Button, even though they crashed and stuff, they never really... They were like, always on they good crashed, terms. Yeah, they crashed, like... I think Canada was, like, when they... That was the bad one. Canada but they didn't like, have, like, any big crashes, like, say, Nico, Lewis, Spain, 2016. Yeah, nothing that caused a fallout, really. No, no, no. Like, they're very good, like, teammates, obviously, all of that. But they still managed, like, Button would push him for the wins, he would push Lewis. There was that challenge of, like who's going to do better but at the same time yeah because their chemistry is good so that's why I think he's the best Valtteri obviously is the I'd best I'd agree with that yeah Valtteri he says Valtteri is the best because he just hand him his wins 
Yeah, pretty much, yeah, because Bottas, like, Bottas wasn't fast Michael's enough. Michael's going to say that my best teammate was Rubens, but, like, Rubens Barrichello was not, like, his best teammate, but... Yeah, in terms of... He just gave up the win for him, so, like, obviously he's going to call him his best teammate, so I don't see the argument in that. Yeah, no, I, I don't agree with that either. I say Bottas was his best teammate, easily, to be honest, yeah. Um, oh, so to give context as to why Verstappen came third, I can't remember how good his lap time was. Actually, no, I think it was on for pole. Obviously, Red Bull started the media circus and were like, oh, he was like four tenths up after the first two corners and all of this. But what happened was Yuki gave Gasly a toe. Yuki was being given an engine penalty, so he had no business doing anything. But he decided to, he got into Q3, gave Gasly a toe to help him out. And then Perez helped Max with a toe. And then Yuki obviously gets caught up. He's a bit slow. He gets out of the way. He's kicking up dust on the outside. He was, I don't know why he was there. He should have just finished his lap. But then Perez gets distracted, moves out of the way, and then they're just going slow on the track. Max gets screwed and up. they absolutely, like, slay it. Like, Red they Bull. completely throw him under the bus. Like Yeah, but, like, what's his name? Franz uh, Tost, I think his name is. Yeah. He came out and was like, it's not Yuki's fault. And yeah. I like that, that he defended him, because it's not Yuki's fault. Yuki did what his team wanted him to do, moved out of the way. It's not his fault that Perez had, like, a... Oh, completely, sort of yeah. Like, I understand why Perez was a bit slow, but, like... Even then, it's, it's definitely not Yuki's fault. You can't blame him for that. And the fact that the worst part is, it's one thing to throw a driver under the bus, but it's another one to throw Yuki. Like, everyone knows the relationship between AlphaTauri and Red Bull. Exactly. So you're not just throwing a driver under the bus, you're he throwing a, a Red Bull-like yeah. academy driver. Like, he's the reason... You're, you're the reason he's in F1. He's still you're under your him. wing. And it's, it's awful to you. It's just a, another embarrassing scene for Red Bull, to be honest. They're just... Oh, I don't know. It's just awful for them. Uh, then Perez what? gets a pole ah. at home. Hmm? Perez gets a, a podium at home, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was <laughs> the scenes. His dad was so wholesome as well. That was great to watch. I don't know if you saw that, but his dad just shouting about he's there. There's I think Perez's son was actually just at the bottom of the podium. There's a great picture of him looking at his dad on the podium in Mexico, which is it's so sick to see. I love that podium. It's good stuff. And uh, also, this was the first time we saw um, the flappy wing. This is the, the Red Bull wing. So Red Bull had an issue with their actuator when they opened the DRS. Rather than it just staying open, it started fluttering and it starts like waving about. And this was the first time this happened, which interestingly, you know, they're getting questions about this. Obviously, it's not completely illegal. It's not strictly illegal and it definitely doesn't help them. But... They didn't want to risk having the FIA look at that because definitely it's a safety issue. If that thing pulls off and flies off into someone, like that's dangerous. So they had to figure out how to deal with that because it was coming up with their, uh, I think it was their medium. It was either, I think it was their low downforce wing because there's a low downforce wing, a medium downforce and a high downforce and then a very low just for Monza. And it would come up in their low downforce, so they'd have to change their setup and use a different one because it just kept happening. And this is something that kept happening until, I think we saw it in Saudi as well, like the wing was still flapping at that point. So this is when they started their investigation into Mercedes rear wing. And they started talking about score marks and all of this. They were talking about something against the rules. And I don't know, what did you think of all of that? Just the, the war of words afterwards. Useless. It sums them up. They they didn't actually end up like a Literally, fighting like, after. There's nothing. There's nothing like you can do. The I think what they did in like twenty ten. 
like with the new regulations, Red Bull at the time, they had like their um was it their rear wing. So their I think it was their rear wing under front wing. I think it's front wing. So under the forces applied by the older tests, it passed all the tests. But when you actually go on like because essentially carbon fiber can be directed, like you can have the fibers point in a certain direction. So it passed certain tests, but on the long runs it would actually like lean down so they can generate oh, okay. yeah. like a bit more downforce and stuff. So that was that was really clever because it's within the rules of past solar tests and stuff. But this was just like there was actually nothing there. Like the whole year was about like uh, bendy wing, uh, like uh, what do they call it? Like bendy rear wings. There was really nothing yeah, to it. Was, like, so. It was just kind of like you have to you have to jump on something to distract from your car to their car. Definitely, yeah. Because obviously there was the whole thing about near the start of the year the Red Bull wing. And they introduced new ways of measuring that and all of this. And honestly, it's just it wasn't just Red Bull. A few teams had like very bendy wings. Oh yeah, they said. Um, I think it was Alpine. Someone said it had like a a major one that might have been worse than Red Bull. They had to change that. But everyone was so excited. I was saying Red Bull because they were leading at the time. Yeah, and that's why Red Bull wanted to uh, change the focus onto Mercedes. They're like, oh, look at this. This wing is so bad and all of that stuff. Uh. We'll move on from wings and stuff uh, to Brazil, actually. So this is the the second race in the triple header. Max gets a $25,000, no, $50,000 $50, yeah. fine, or euro fine, sorry, for uh, touching Lewis's rear wing. Uh, I said this is the best weekend across the year. Really? Mm. So this Like overall weekend, no worries. Yeah, it was, yeah, actually, to be fair, yeah, I say that. Lewis getting, did he get pole? So, Lewis, Lewis, got Lewis pole. gets pole for the sprint race. Then they say, oh, actually, hold on a minute. Your rear wing's a little bit dodgy. So not to bring the rear wings back up again. But yeah. he, he was thrown to the back of the grid because he had an issue with his rear wing. He actually so, had an issue. Yeah, he had an issue. It wasn't they were trying to finesse the rules. It was a genuine fault. It, there are three tests, one on the left, one on the middle, one on the right. They passed all of them, but failed the one on the right by 0.2 millimeters or something, and they just disqualify him completely, which is interesting because now. No, but the, that's right. If you're breaking the rules, you're the FIA are following the letter of the law. They're doing. They did this with Hungary. We spoke about Hungary with Vettel. It's fair enough. It's just so I don't know. They're like strict in some places. They're lean with others. They're trying to implement stuff. It's fair enough. Lewis gets sent to the back. He then in the sprint race, goes from. Oh, actually, I'm pretty sure... So, Bottas inherits the lead of the sprint. Yeah. He takes pole position, or Lewis, actually. Because whoever... Um, he wins, so Bottas goes on to win the sprint race. Yes. And he takes, then, pole position, or Lewis. Yeah, yeah. But Lewis comes back to P5, I think, and then he... Lewis comes back to P5, then gets an engine penalty, which the is pre-planned. Pu pushes him down to P10, and yeah. then he has that crazy engine... And he just flies by everyone. And then we have that incident where Max pushes him out. Yeah. And yeah. I think if there is gravel there, Max is taking like no less than... It's ridiculous. Literally everyone says that's a penalty. But for whatever reason, purely Canada 2019, uh, they don't want It's awful. It's, it's that philosophy of let them race. Any because penalty on him and he would have finished third. Like that's less points. Bottas would have inherited second but he, he, he should have gotten five seconds. Uh, five seconds. He should have done, definitely, yeah. He wasn't even told to give the place back or anything. Obviously, it, 
No, Lewis was ahead. He just outbroke himself to defend. But so. that's that's what Max always does. He he essentially he can't defend, so he'll just break so late, push someone out of the track, and then that's it. They defend. This is what annoys me is because what he's doing is, he's not doing. He's doing it based on their previous implementation of the rules. That's why I was surprised when they got like all upset about him doing that in Saudi, and then they're like, "Oh, you're getting a penalty." But he did exactly what he's been doing the whole year. Why you? <sighs> he did it in Abu Dhabi, and then they're like. Uh, no, Lewis uh, keeps the front position. He shouldn't get. No, was it he? He did it. Did he get ahead? Yeah, yeah, he got ahead of Lewis. What, you mean lap one of Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Yeah, he got ahead. He was trying to overtake him, he got ahead, yeah. And then did. No, no, Lewis over uh, cuts the corner. Lewis cuts the corner. And then he gets ahead, okay. But it was. Oh, the, it was this weird. is where the FIA really just. Mm, mm, like, they, they embarrass themselves. From here on, they just embarrass themselves. Completely. So, he's waving around in a. He weaves a lot. He's weaving as well, which is specifically. So I looked up the rules between these two episodes to confirm. There's a lot of stuff about entry to the corner. A lot of stuff about defending on the straights. Once you get to the apex and beyond that, there's like nothing. So you just have to go off what people have done in the past, which is interesting because they just well they're not consistent. So. You can't go off anything realistic. It's because Michael Massey uh, has he been in driving before? This is the thing. Like Charlie, I think was a team principal, so he understood, like, he understood what, uh, like, how how you should drive and all of that. He's been a, a a race director for something else, but he's I don't think he's ever been an actual driver himself. Yeah. So basic. So he was a team principal. Um, he was a team principal. Uh, yeah. Charlie Whiting. So he knew what he was talking about, but like this guy, like Michael Massey, has no clue what he's talking about. So I mentioned last time his Wikipedia page was just early life, one paragraph, and then the entire thing was just a, a mention of the controversy of Abu Dhabi. Now he's been Googled so many times now, they've decided to make his Wikipedia early life career notable controversies as race director. So before this was just Abu Dhabi, they've now added. The Baku restart, the Belgian Grand Prix, which obviously didn't happen, uh, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, which we'll talk about in a second, and then obviously the Abu Dhabi bit, which is still there. So, incredible stuff from Michael Massey, you do love to see it. Uh, that does move us on to Qatar, which the main conversation before the race was the drivers had a briefing about what's allowed and what's not allowed in racing. Leclerc obviously said that he would adjust his driving style to what was allowed and what wasn't. And they basically said different stewards would implement the rules in different ways. Which yeah, so is basically what Charles said is like, if that's allowed for Max, then I'm doing it. Yeah. And then they said, oh yeah, but it will be allowed sometimes, but it's sometimes not allowed. Lewis also said pretty much all the drivers were complaining. And obviously... Max didn't say anything because he, he knows what I he think has to do. Though. With Charlie Whiting, is that like it was recorded, you would see it, but there was transparency about what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. But this is just like Michael Massey's just lost total control. Like he yeah. has to, uh, he actually has to be moved, and like you need someone who knows the rules well, who's like been a, like the like writing the rules, who's been a team principal or is like something like that, who knows how to deal with team principal. You need him. To come in and or like her obviously Ross to come Braun, in and like please like Ross Braun that would be so nice oh, <coughs> imagine bro. anyway so uh, Max and Bottas but mainly Max get 
penalties for double wave yellows. This was because Gasly was on for a decent lap and then ended up... Actually, he kept his position by having his tyre blow up and his... Uh, what's it called? And his front wing destroying itself. That brings out the yellow flags. That then means that... Um, he keeps his position of fourth at the time, but then he inherited P2 for the grid purely because of everyone else's penalties. This was also something that people complained about because, interestingly, they didn't know where people were starting. They didn't know, like, a, oh, so does this guy's penalty get applied before this one, and who gets how much of a penalty? So Science and uh, Bottas, I believe, Science started fifth, Bottas sixth but they didn't know which way around they were going to be until they actually got on the grid and it was the wrong way or something. Because normally they publish the starting grid like three hours before the race. So more stuff from the FIA. You'd love to see it. Incredible. In general, the race is pretty boring. Lewis led from the start. It's kind of like a classic Mercedes win from 20 seconds ahead of everyone. Yeah, this is so Lewis just wins. Uh, Max makes back his five-place grid penalty almost immediately. And then comfortably finishes second. You have to say, like, Qatar was very easy to overtake. You just overtake into turn one. That's yeah, this was exactly what it's people done did. done by, before. like, turn two, turn three, it's over. Yeah, it's, it's just... I don't know, when people... DRS, when it was introduced, was so that people could regain the time they lost in the last corner and then make the move into turn one. It wasn't so that they could just overtake in the street. Yeah, now, now it was just, just overtaking the straight. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the DRS was OP. DRS was powerful. The straight on the last corner, they just the move was done into turn one realistically. So, yeah, not great stuff. Obviously, more talk about the FIA in general. Boring race. Yeah. Alonso does get his podium though. That yeah, he did like a one stop. But obviously, this is again like there are a few tire blots. Lando got another tire blot. Oh, Lando yeah. was firmly inside the timing of the uh, Pirelli and then he had to stop so this is what I was talking about in terms of Pirelli this are being inconsistent ones. with their tyres and they got like the I think this is they got like C5 compounds so like they're very tough ones and then like it yeah it was the useless. hard tyre blowing up the, the yeah. hardest one of the lot the C5 and even then it was blowing up yeah that, that's when you know like something's wrong with Pirelli it's a rough one we'll see they've actually said for next year that most of the races are going to be a one-stop or something, they're assuming. Interesting. So, in theory, that's all right. If the cars are good yeah. enough, if the aero of the cars are good enough, then great, because they're on track for longer. But if they're not, then two stops would be nice. Anyway, Saudi, I mean, we won't go into too much detail. Yeah. We've got an we, entire we, we race. We spoke about this way too much. But there's like 80 incidents, two red flags early on. Interestingly, actually, I, uh, going back, Yuki and Leclerc, Yuki did this on, I think it was Vettel, and Leclerc did this on Science. They did the Verstappen, so they outbreak themselves and then defend the position and then come back across the curve. The fact Leclerc did this on Science, Science then said he needs to give the position back. He gave the position. I think he did, but uh, did. it wasn't looked into at all, purely yeah. because they're teammates and no one really cares. And then uh, I think Yuki just crashed afterwards or something. So, yep. like no one really needed to look into that but you could see signs of them Starting copying the uh, the Verstappen move which will be interesting if all the drivers have fast enough cars for the next time uh, either way Lewis wins Verstappen gets penalties blah 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 but his penalties are applied after the race and he keeps P2 
Yeah, I think the one thing you say, like George complained about the track being dangerous. The track was only verified the day before before uh, practice Thursday. Before practice, so I'd say the racetrack has a lot of potential. It's actually it's an incredible racetrack, like high speed, tight. It's the type of racetrack that you just love watching. The only issue is actually safety. Yeah. In terms of not in safety, in terms of because the track wasn't actually verified like two or three months before, they couldn't fix the issues with the track. So it was kind of like, let's go out and see what the issues are. Yeah. And obviously with Michael Massey directing the race terribly, it just it just turned out like like he kept them out for like four laps. Like this is the reason Lewis pitted, uh, Valtteri pitted. Because, and then they came out, and then he kept them for four laps. After four laps, you're like, okay, the race is going to keep going after this. And then he calls out, why are you calling a red flag yeah. four laps after a safety car? Like, a safety car has been out for four laps, then you call a red flag. That makes no sense. It's this is, this is when you know, like, Michael Messi has no growth. He should have, the moment the incident happens in, in qualifying, the moment this incident happened or practice, the clear crash, same corner, everything, red flag straight away. So why are you not red flagging the race? Red flag the race because it's in such a crucial position. You need to move everything out of the way. It needs to be red flag. Why are you yellow flagging? You yellow flag it for four laps. If it's four laps in, then just wait four more laps. Yeah. It's why are you red flagging? It's so weird. Like, like it just makes no sense. This is why people were very. This is why Lewis was actually very annoyed because we've already done four laps in uh, the other one in Imola. They they red flag it straight away. So no one pitted and then came out and then they were stuck at the back. Yeah, yeah so. this time they waited and then made the decision. And it's like, cool, yeah, wait and make the decision. But the fact this incident happened so many times throughout the weekend. And Even in Formula 2 as well. So they had reference of like how bad the crashes were. Every time. But this was the only time someone crashed to that corner and it wasn't an instant red flag. So. But I was right. I said that Lewis is going to win Saudi and they're going to go into the end. I called it. I was like, Lewis is going to win and he's they're going to go into Abu Dhabi. Level on points and that's what I wanted. And everyone else was like, no, no, no. And then after watching Abu Dhabi, they were like, you were right. Yeah, they had to go in on Titanium front wing. Sets fastest laps with half a front wing and all yeah. of this solid stuff but yeah uh it was mainly just it was saudi was just like drive to survive it, it just was yeah. the whole thing was drama nothing about on track action the on track action was boring. awful when it happened pretty boring and stuff it was really just, testing it was it's just so much drama all the stuff happened off track and verstappen himself like complains about this a lot he's like oh we just talk too much about f1 we don't actually talk about the racing anymore which is partly his fault but mainly the FIA to be fair uh, I think if the FIA were a lot more strict like they're a lot stricter it wouldn't be like this but they're, they're too busy trying to dramatise F1 that's the thing like I told you like my, the friends, my friends who've never watched F1 came into F1 watched it they found F1 to be way more exciting than football and this is we're talking beginning of the season yeah and you didn't need to. You didn't need to do anything. You didn't. You don't need to add anything to make a sport exciting. Because sport yeah. is exciting. Yeah. What you're doing is you're actually getting people who love the sport, people who've been here for a long. Even like when you get Harry Kane and Gary, uh, not Gary Neville, Gary Lineker, yeah. commenting on like what just happened. You know that something's gone wrong because people who literally have no clue about Formula One are like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. It. 
just it's needs to be made simpler. Honestly, they need to listen disgusting. to the fans. We had this chat like it's before. Like, we made a clip of it. Like they need to listen to the fans because the fans are watching for the racing and for the engineering. Yeah, we're not. We're innovation. not watching for like you to like dramatize it and make it into something. It doesn't just, need to be a film. Yeah, exactly. we don't need a love interest to come in out of nowhere and then have like I don't know the girlfriends come up. We don't need grid girls back. Like that's not what we need. Like we just. It's just about the racing, realistically. Yeah, I, I don't. It's annoying. Anyways, Abu Dhabi uh, was controversial. Well, it it definitely was. So F one get exactly what they want now. They're equal on points going into the I called the it. last race, and then Abu Dhabi happens. Obviously, actually, there's an interesting clip that uh, surfaced. It was um, where is it? So oh, this people found gone. this. Screen has gone. No. Oh, oh. We'll just finish it like this, man. We might as well. So. Interestingly, people, so the amount of hype that this got, so the, the talking points were, is Max Verstappen going to crash into Lewis? Yeah. I uh, assumed he would, to be honest. I, I assumed, assumed given they the get, opportunity. They get Sergio Perez to do it. Yeah. Because then they, can't, they can penalise the team, they can't penalise the driver. Because it's not Max's fault, it's the team's fault. You can clearly say it's not my fault. I would have thought Max would have done exactly what he'd been doing all season. And then, you know, Lewis is completely, like, so cautious to try and make sure there isn't anything but interest so they bring back a video so there's videos on the f1 channel of the drivers reacting to certain incidents in history and they bring up the prost senna crash and he turns to gasly who was his teammate at the time and they're like okay so what's wrong with this or something like that and he says i don't see anything wrong with that and this clip circulates on twitter everyone's having a field day with this one they're like oh you see that max said there's nothing wrong with this crash so he would just wipe lewis out into turn one they get through turn one fine, Lewis overtakes him and then we Max had happens. a terrible start. Uh, yeah, awful start. He has like two pit stops. Perez holds up Lewis for him. All of this stuff happens and then we all know what happens on the last lap. So, that sums up the season really. It's, it what did you think overall? Season. I think best season in a very long time. I think if, if I had to say, I'd say best improvement from last year, Lando, yeah. Uh, biggest surprise would be Carlos. Um, who else? Um, I'd say also, like, if you're saying most improved as a team, I'd say Williams. Yeah, definitely. They definitely uh, forward. Yeah. But I'd say overall, like, we saw a lot of fighting at the front. We saw a lot of fighting at the back. It wasn't like there was an, obviously a massive gap. You saw, I think everyone saw the quality difference between... Uh, Lewis and Verstappen and everyone else. Like, yeah. Consistently, they were pulling ahead by like a massive gap. So I think now people people have realized why Lewis and Max are as good as they are. But anyways, I think we can. They have yeah. They've realized that the two drivers they're they're just in a league of their own at this yeah. point. So it'll be interesting to see who can actually keep up with them next year. I would say yeah, like. Performance of the season aside from the two at the front, you'd you'd have to give it to. Oh, it's Lando, close between Lando and yeah. Carlos, but or Charles as well. He got kind of unlucky, but no, I, I think, think Lando the best, Lando yeah. gets it. Um, what about worst? Other than Mazepin, you can't say Mazepin. Um, probably Mick, maybe. I don't you think Mick could have like, done much more. Geo, perhaps, nah. I think that's the thing. I think Williams did incredibly well. Yeah. Maybe 
uh, that's the thing. I don't think anyone did massively bad except Nikita and like and Mick Schumacher. I think they're the bad, uh, worst. Oh no, like worst. I might give it to like Yuki or Kimi maybe. No, um, Ricardo. Oh yeah. For the car he was in, he was lapped in Monaco. If we're looking, Lando? If we're looking at the car you're in, then I'd say the most disappoint. I wouldn't say he's the worst on track because he got win and all of that stuff. Yeah. But I'd say the most disappointing for his car was definitely uh, Daniel, because you you're in a McLaren that can go win, and you consistently like P. You're not even making it into Q three. You're P sixteen, uh, Q two. Sorry. Yeah. I just don't get that. I I don't get that. Uh, I'd say he's the most disappointing because I think everyone expected him to just absolutely destroy Lando yeah, and just Lando, Lando just Lando. owned him the whole season um, yeah I think uh, most disappointing I'd say it's like Mick or, or Nikita as a fan I'd say no, no one else kind of strikes me as done incredibly bad but then you can't really blame them as much because the car was bad so it's kind of like one of those things where you're yeah, yeah I mean you can't really you can't Blame Mick, but he did what he could. I'd say he performed as well as you'd expect him to, really. But Mazepin isn't exactly much of a benchmark. Yeah. I'd say, like, the, the surprising ones would be uh, most improved as well. I'd say, like, most improved would be uh, Lando Carlos, but I'd say Nicky, like, as in uh, uh, Latifi. His race pace has improved a lot this year. Yeah. If you yeah. watch him, like, he's overall a much, much better. Like, if you, if you don't see him as a, like, as a paid driver, you still get wise in Formula 1. His racecraft is getting much better. And I see why they kept him going into next season. He he would be a very good... Like, he is getting... He's improving. Yeah. No, yeah. obviously, like... I think George as well, he saw a lot of improvement in his racecraft. He had that issue where he always drops at the beginning. But I think that's more along the lines of... His car is just, like... He, he yeah, somehow... Ex- car and yeah. Body, yeah. And then, when the race starts, it's just his car is terrible. Everyone thinks he's not doing well, but realistically, he's doing... The best the it's like Leclerc in Baku. Yeah. When he got pole, he dropped behind Lewis and Max and the rest of them, yeah, which was busy outperform the car. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything else to kind of ask from him. And I think Williams as a team, I think they did incredibly. I think we have to talk about like what what happened to Latifi after the um, afterwards, like the amount of hate he got on social media and stuff. He apparently he deleted the apps straight after, like all social media apps after the race. He was off social media for a few weeks. He got death threats. He obviously a lot of abuse and stuff. And I don't think that's so because he's. What do you expect from a Formula One driver? If you're racing for last place, you're still racing. Yeah, the conversation that he shouldn't have been trying to overtake Mick and all of this because it was you last. Should, you that should, was stupid. That makes no sense. You you are racing. If I'm last, I'm still racing. Yeah. If uh, if last place don't race, what's the point of you just go retire your car? Exactly. It's because that's the thing. Stopped. If anything happens, you can jump from last place to points. If if like if the, if you're P fifteen instead of P sixteen, you could be in the points if something happens. So I I don't get the argument annoys me, and for him to get a lot of abuse like that, you, you, obviously you could see it coming. Yeah, you could. Yeah, but any but abuse directed at Latifi at the end of the the race is stupid. Yeah. Any, I think uh, obviously hate directed at Verstappen and stuff and Red Bull. In terms of what happened at the end, unneeded. Yeah. Max just overtook and won. Like yeah. the argument is with the FIA and Massey. And yeah, like, I don't think them. I don't think he's I don't think him or the team are at fault. I think they did really well to respond to the situation and put on soft tires and to get after it. What the FIA did there, what Michael Massey did there, was just insane. You know, he might have as well just added. You know, like 
Wait, has Verstappen passed Lewis? No, plus two laps. <laughs> like, I wouldn't put you it past him to like, ask the thing. So people are actually saying, like, could it have been properly, like... Because the thing is, you've got to remember, like, this isn't them on equal tyres for the end of the... This is Lewis on his one-stop old tyres from right at the beginning of the race to the end of Max on fresh ones. So he knows in his head... Max is passing. Yeah, like, you know... In, and like, there's no DRS as well. Like, there's no denying it. If you let them race for the last lap, if you're finessing the rules to let them race for the last lap, then Max is winning, right? So you've just you've chosen the champion. You've literally just chosen who you want to win. Yeah, I think that was unfair for both of them because it's always going to be the case where Max's first championship is going to be like that, but then Lewis lost the championship because of that. So it's kind of unfair to both because it kind of stains his first championship, but he doesn't get his eighth, which he kind of deserved by the end. So it's... Yeah, going into next season, I'm, uh, I think, like, I'm hoping the cars are a lot closer. Obviously, with the way the wind tunnel testing time and the CFD time is arranged, uh, one team is not going to be able to dominate, like, uh, say, Braun in 2009. So Yeah, I mean, actually, I just want to get your opinion quickly before the end on the argument of... Um, so, what they say is, the idea is that you change the regulations... And that means that, you know, you bring down the fastest car, it's not as fast anymore. Some other team finishes the regulations and now we have different people at the front. But if you keep changing the regulations loads and majorly, I know we've got a budget cap now, budget cap now, but that's the maximum you're spending. The bottom teams will still be like a little bit under the cap. No, but it, was set, it was set for like the lowest team is spending 140 million, I think. So but the, the cap's like 165, isn't it? Yeah, but that's almost the same. Yeah, but, well, the thing is, if you keep changing it, more teams will be able to invest their bigger money and resources into next year and then the next regulations and the next regulations. But then... Surely, if you just don't change the rules as much or as majorly and as often, but then, then the teams team, will end up catching up, right? But then the problem is one team, if one team has an advantage, that's what happened with Mercedes, is Mercedes is going to lead and then it stops developing early and focuses on like the small regulations for next year and has already got a great car. And so that's the issue that comes up. Obviously new regulations, the difference, you know Mercedes' budget in the previous years used to be, you know how much it was? No. So is it? the last team was 120 million. Mercedes used to spend 400 million. Oh, that is the number I had in my head. So you're comparing 400 million to a difference of 20 million. It's, a difference of 20 million is nothing. That's yeah, Lewis's, yeah. That's literally the difference in that and that is literally like half of Lewis's salary. <laughs> so it doesn't oh, make yeah, a difference. It, it doesn't make a difference. But like when you look at it from the sense of Mercedes had like three hundred million on their their opposition. Obviously they're gonna be way better because they can spend way too much money on their car. That's not gonna be the case from next year. It, and obviously wind tunnel testing time and CFD testing time. We're gonna explain this later on. But the way it's arranged is. Even if you have an adv- if you have if you're first, so I'm gonna just give a quick explanation now. But say you Mercedes has like like the least amount of time going into the season and so forth. So Haas has the most amount of time. It's set as a percentage. By mid season, the summer break, everyone is given. So so say if Haas is first, then Haas gets the least amount of time going into the rest of the season. Yeah. So there is a reset at the second, the, the, like mid, midway through the season, 
for more wind tunnel testing time and more CFD time, and it goes to actual teams at the bottom who get a lot of time. Teams at the top don't get that much time. So what's going to happen is you can go midway through the season, dominate the first half of the season, and then teams do research. They've seen what you've done. They add research on top of that, and they pass you. It's a good way. No, in theory, so that, yeah, that is, I think that's a much better way of doing it than obviously you're going to do that five, six years, then maybe change the rules a bit more. That, that's a way more interesting. This is a better system because now the, the, what Mercedes used to do is by mid-season, they're developing next year's car. They've already developed this year's car. Yeah. So far, they can't do that this year because by mid-year, the other teams have like extra time on them to develop this year's car. So unless... They're gonna give up this year. There's no, there's no way to be able to dominate the second half. You've not guaranteed. They're gonna actually have to invest that time in this year. It's a good dynamic. Yeah. So it's essentially, like a, you don't get teams going midway through a season developing next year's car. That's not gonna happen. They're not going to be able to do that. Obviously, they're gonna be developing it, but on a very small scale, in, in, instead of turning like the whole factory towards next year's car with just small teams. That's what Mercedes would do. They turn the whole factory, develop next year's car, and just keep small teams on like reliability essentially. That's not obviously fair to everyone else. But yeah. that's way we've been we've gone off topic on it. We have and just one last thing actually I wanted to bring up. This brings us one step closer to having No, it can't focus I try focus it. That's tw- <laughs> this, if you have not seen this, is tuned. I'll link the episodes below. This is what McLaren said in 2012 would be the cars in 2020. It's a base, it's a floating bar of soap with a rear wing. It and looks like uh, it looks like the Apple Mouse. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does actually. It does. This is so sick. But yeah, that is Lewis Hamilton and Jensen Button in what McLaren thought would be the 2020 car. Obviously, they've made more realistic concept cars. This is a joke car, but still, yeah. with the simplification of the aero rules. All I'm saying is the cars are one step closer to looking like this. <laughs> and that, would actually, that would look sick, you know, the cars would look Bro, and they're floating and stuff. Man, that's the 2032 world champion. That's, that's, the, that's the future, it's going to be like a hover car instead of like tyres. Pirelli that are gone from the sport. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That's the way to get rid of Pirelli is to, to make the car like a, a hover car yeah. instead of a car. That would be actually something, you don't have any downforce and no turning speed anymore, so... Nah, you see this. You see the amount of development that's going to go into this. <laughs> it's all in the engine, bro. bro my degree would be put in the bin, you know. It's all I'm in studying the engine. The oh. It's all in the engine now. You're saying that as if I'm studying a different degree. You're <laughs> in the same situation. Same bar as you. What an episode, bro. I'll link Tuned below as well, actually. I've got a link Tuned. Tuned is great. But yeah, on that note, with this in the background as well, I've just got to say Spotify of now, if you listen to this on Spotify and somehow made it to the end, released a reviewing system if you listen uh give us five stars on that if you can and on any other audio platform that you listen to like and sub to the youtube obviously we haven't really said that before but might as well and yeah we'll catch you lot next week for the i think introductory series to formula one and call of a series explaining f1 and we'll go through the basics then yeah we're gonna have one episode that's gonna very beginner friendly so if you have no clue about f1 that's kind of directed at that and then the week after we'll kind of build on top of it and we'll discuss a bit more kind of complicated stuff uh but yeah but we should have like two episodes across two weeks that kind of discuss everything you need to know to kind of sit and watch an f1 race and not be confused or anything yeah
in including like trim so like what's an undercut what's an overcut oversteer understeer uh diff uh deg all that stuff yeah we'll go for everything so there you go thanks for listening and we'll see you next week